Let's not stand on ceremony here. While I may have lost the battle with the Batman, I have been lurking in the darkness, preparing my next move to bring Gotham to its knees. This darkness I speak of is listening to the lightest form of flogging podcast. I live in this darkness. You think that it is your ally? You merely adopted the show. I was reborn in it, molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. By then it was nothing to me but blinding. The podcast showed me the truth about despair, as it will you. There is a reason why this podcast is the worst prison on earth. That reason is hope. You think you are going to get something out of it, but in the end, the closer you get to hope, the sooner your despair deepens. They break your spirit, then they break your body. And when the show is done and all you love is turned to ashes, only then will they give you permission to die. So lend it your ear, and if you like it, share it with your friends. But do not think this gives you power over me. I am vain. The shadows, they belong to me. If you do not share the show, I will leave you in your prison, as I did Mr. Wayne. And it is there that I will break you. I know you don't fear death, you welcome it. So your punishment must be more severe. Good day. I'm, uh... I'm amphibious about this. Amphibious? What does that mean? Uh, it means I can breathe underwater. Well, I can't breathe underwater, but I can survive underwater and on land. So that's good to know. But in reference to us now... Starting the show. You're amphibious towards starting the show. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretending to say ambivalent wrong, but you asked what amphibious means. So David, the whole bit that is fell the, apart. That is the weirdest joke to follow. I can't follow, I can't follow where you go, man. That's fair. That's fair. Don't go where I cannot follow. I'm like Samwise Gamgee. And Are you're you saying I shouldn't be a Presbyterian? <laughs> you know, this show doesn't work if we don't have this. The ring has indeed worn you down and I can't follow where you, I can't go where you, where, I can't follow where you go. Jim, you may not be I able to carry. Don't go where I can't follow. What? You may not be able to carry my burden, but, but you can carry me. But I can carry you. You look, you look like you really struggled when he was carrying Frodo. Did yeah. you notice that? Yeah. It yeah. kind of hurt the dramatic moment for me. When he did that. Oh, I see. Well, would, like, would it be a like, struggle? It was like this huge swell of, of music. It's at the end of the, the trilogy. Everyone's right. feeling good. And it looks like Sam is about to fall. Well, he wasn't in good shape when this whole thing started. Great point, actually. Hobbits aren't really known to be CrossFit junkies, are they? <laughs> I, I have never seen a <laughs> hobbit at a CrossFit. <laughs> True. They're stout. Hobbits are quite stout. But uh, a sprite-like, they are not. So... Did Sarah put that box of pens on her desk for a reason? Because that's just there to tempt me. That's my box of pens. Is that a, is that a I message don't know why to me? The, I don't know why that's there. Ah, uh, the plot uh, The plot thinnings. Uh, <laughs> Do you need a pen? No, I'm just okay. saying. I'm just saying, is she, is she communicating to me? <laughs> trying to tell me something. Go ahead, Jim, try it. And I try yeah. it and like something you happens to me. Little notes in the form of physical objects. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, ominous warnings to uh, for my demise. Hey, um, let's just go ahead and get started with our intro. What do you say? Yeah, you have the intro, right? Yeah, we're going to play a game today. Another game. Yeah. Look, and you're the game man now. I, I, you've inspired me. Because um, he's the game man. Now, I'm not being... A, this is not a, a game that I have devised. Right. This is just a, a board game. Right. Because that's original. Right. 
<laughs> no, all my games are of my own devastation. <laughs> and mine are someone else's. But I need you to help. Um, I just realized that I don't really have a good timer. Can you, through powers of Steve Jobs' invention, you, can Siri do it? You can just shout into the air and Siri will set a timer. Okay, because I just need a, a 60 second timer. Okay. And also... So what you're going to do is you're going to say, Ahoy, lady in a tube. <laughs> Is that how you've done it? Or well, no, that won't work. But oh, you know oh, what I mean. I'm not saying the catchphrase because I, I don't want her to listen. Okay, you know. <laughs> and then you're going to say set a timer for 60 seconds or a minute. You can just say a minute. Okay, because that is, I think, roughly 60 seconds. Okay, all right. <laughs> Give or take. Let me explain the game so we can get excited. So the audience can get excited with us. Mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. a game called Buzzword. Have you ever heard of the game Buzzword before? I've not heard of the game Buzzword. I've heard of the term Buzzword. Uh, I'm going to okay. piggyback off of that. Okay, good. But not now because I'm talking. No, I'm circle back around. I'm not kidding. I am kidding. Um, so we this is, it's synergies. an easy game. It's a fun game. It's a fast paced game. It's a word game. I am going to give you what's called a buzzword. Think of it as a control word. It's a word that's going to occur in all of your answers. I, the facilitator of the game, am going to give you that buzzword. We'll do a, we'll do a practice game. Okay. The buzzword is right. R-I-G-H-T, so right. Uh-huh. R-I-G-H-T. It's going to occur in the answer. Now, here's the clue. The perfect man for me. Right. Mr. Right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> David, you have to play it a certain way. And you're not doing it yet. This title is going the, to the be called... There, this episode is going to be titled The, the One Where Jim Comes Out of the Closet. <laughs> you should just call it The Perfect Man for Me. Right. Um, uh, second, <laughs> let's try it again. I was looking at... I was looking at it all the time. I was looking at it all the time. It was right before. Oh, oh, we're still on right. Was, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, it was right in front of me. Yep. So there's, there's 10 right clues. Smack dab in there's front 10 of me. clues. The word right occurs in all of the answers. I got gotcha. we'll, we'll you. I got gotcha. you. Right. Uh, not a lefty. I am right handed. Would you stop it? <laughs> what have I done? What have <laughs> I done? What am I doing here? <laughs> what is my life about in front of you? I, these you are the want questions. to go home and rethink your life. I do. <laughs> okay, let's keep <laughs> two purple per, two perpendicular lines form one. Right angle. Okay. Conservative. Right wing. Okay, so you got it. All right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'll just put this aside. Uh, now we're gonna we're gonna start the timer. How is this related to anything that we do? It isn't. It's just a okay, fun it's just game. a game. Okay, I gotcha. These these are the questions David asks <laughs> during the intro while we're recording. Uh, Siri, it's, hey, hey, Siri, can you count down from 60 seconds? Did I do that right? There are timers on HomePod. Can, can you do it? Yeah. Hey, Siri, set a timer for one minute. I explain things in such weird ways. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Wait, wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. Stop it. Well, the timer's going. Okay. Okay. The, the, the buzzword is great. Uh, goodness gracious. Great Falls of Fire. Yes. Eerie and Superior, among others. The Great Lakes. Yes. Jaws was one. Great Shark. Uh, great Whale. Judges. Why don't I know this? It's a great shark. It's a great blank shark. Great. Come on. Flipping shark. You, you can do it. Okay. <laughs> Baby shark. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. It's what a do great, you do? Great Left white shark. shark. Great, great white shark. Okay. F. Scott Fitzgerald's party animal. I have no, what? It's a it's a it's a book title, a famous book title uh-huh. by F. Scott Fitzgerald. The Great Awakening, the blank 
Gatsby. You oh, don't the get, great. Okay. You, don't uh, you just one. said that. Tony the Tiger's favorite expression. Oh, they're great. Bing. Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. I know what that one is. Hey, Siri, shut up. Was that the end of the timer? That was. Okay. So you got, you like got four? one, two, three, four. You got four. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's my turn. You wanna- do, do, do I get any points for counting it faster than you without the card in my hand? No. Okay. I was just wondering. This is what it's like. Because I took a random to play a game with David McCookie. You all get a, a chance to share in the joy. Uh, so here you go. I hate games that have to be explained. They should be simple. Like, can I try? I'm the, going to ask you a question. And if you don't get it right, I get to slap you in the face. See, that's your kind of gameplay. Right. Let's play a game without talking and we'll play it so that we don't have to talk about it. So wait, we're just going to. That's you. <laughs> that's gonna, how you want to play games with people. Oh, I thought You'd that be was funny you. a game night. So, hey, Siri, can you start a timer? A 60-second timer. Did I do it right? How come that doesn't work? Thank you. My gosh, I can't believe that worked. (laughs) All right, so the word is bull. Bull. Like our podcast. This is bull. Uh, Number one, a mean pooch. Uh, Bulldog? There you go. The bulldogs aren't mean. Number two, earth mover. Bulldozer. Got it. Number three, a matador's event. Bull fighting. Both, both, bullfighting. Number four, you got it. Uh, Costner playing basketball. Costner playing basketball? No, baseball. Bull Durham. What are you doing? Baseball. Sorry. I. Wow. It, the lighting is dim in here. Okay. It's a game with a ball. Uh, number five, a large <laughs> amphibian croaker. A what? A large amphibian croaker. Oh, a bullfrog. <laughs> number six, stubborn. <laughs> a what? A uh, stubborn. A bullheaded. There you go. Number it- seven, chit chat. Chit chat. Oh, oh, come and on. And you're out. This is. Hey, fast, Siri, stop. That's the fastest 60 second timer I've ever heard of. So, how many uh, did was, I get? I mean, uh, you got. I guess you got seven. Yeah. Um. Next round, you. There is one more for you. Okay. What is it? And it is this podcast. Bullshit. There you go. All right. So, one more round. You have a chance to come back in the game. I did study all of them. Is that okay? All of them as a as a okay. So what uh, can you do the Siri thing? Because I, evidently I don't know how to talk to a robot. Hey Siri, set a timer for sixty seconds. What about that? Is hard. That's what I said before. Okay. All right, here we go. Are you talking? No, okay. The buzzword is card. Uh huh. The hallmark of a sweet sentiment. Uh, a greeting card. <laughs> a card. Dude, that's kind of that's unfair. It's birthday card, but you got it. Okay. Okay. Pay with plastic. A credit card. Yep. Or debit card. It displays your own federal ID number. ID card. Oh, uh, social security uh, there card. We go. The one that makes the trick. No one. Sorry. The Follow one up that, on that. Okay. The one that takes the trick. What? The one that takes the trick. Yeah. Cardiff. What? What is I that? I have no idea. It's a place in your uh, England. <laughs> okay. No Trump card. Uh, Mickey Mantle's is worth a lot. Baseball card. Yep. Outdated library reference tool. Uh oh. Uh, uh card catalog. Wow, that's good. Hourly workers punch it. Uh, time card. Visa's rival. MasterCard. Oh, these are too easy. ID showing that you belong. <laughs> ID card? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, a membership card. Hey, Siri, shut it. Shut the hole above your chin, Siri. Hey, Siri, could you shut the hole below your nose? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So how many did you get? You got... Uh, I wasn't counting. Were you counting? You got one, two... <laughs> Three, four, five, 
six, seven. You got seven. Wow, nice job. I think we're like tied now. We are. So I have to get above four to win. Right. That makes sense. All right. So here we go. <sighs> hey, Siri, set a timer for 60 seconds. Genesis through Malachi. What's my control word? Oh, old. You are right. You don't like to talk about how games are played before you play old. So uh, what is it again? Genesis through Malachi. Old Testament. Yeah, there you go. Disney classic about a boy and his dog. Presbyterians call it current testament. Uh, what's the one again? <laughs> Disney classic about a boy and his dog. Oh, old yeller. Yeah, yeah. Old yeller. Uh, the leftover queen with no match. Leftover queen with no match. I have no idea. Pass. A famous Yellowstone gusher. Old. I was going to say old, old faithful, <laughs> old yelling faithful uh, stars and stripes nickname. Old Glory? Her cupboard was bare. Old Mother Hubbard. No longer in style. Old Testament. <laughs> Baptist. <laughs> I don't know how to pass. I don't know. General Douglas MacArthur's closing line. Oh, I won though, right? That's what's most important. I don't know. Hey, Siri, shut up. Uh, let's see. Good. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six, I think. Five or six. All right. Did you get old fashioned? No. Okay, then five. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh, I won. You beat me by, by one, one point. point. Here you go. These are yours. And now that dominance has been established, David, would what you game like, is that? Would you like to start? It's called Buzzword. It's a really fun game. Okay. Okay. Really great in groups. Thank you for telling me that it's really fun. I will write that down so I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I've noticed? Yeah. Our cynicism towards one another has become more palpable sharp right why is that um is it i've noticed that as i get older i'm We're, losing patience okay <laughs> that doesn't bode well for our future dude <laughs> i think that it's a bit that works and <laughs> it does. we just lean into whatever works until our listeners get tired of it uh, okay that's, and that will be our lot in life what's going to happen is well you know the difference between star trek uh voyager and star trek deep space nine yes like ds9 had the babylon Avalon. No, Avalon? Uh, Battlestar Galactica writers. Some of the Battlestar that Galactica writers, which that is why DS9 had a lot more like edgy, like the characters yeah. didn't like each other. It didn't even feel like a Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Trek show. But, it was very weird. Yeah. But then Voyager was like, everybody gets along all the time and yay, happy, yeah. happy. Even though we're stuck in the middle of the Delta quadrant, yes. what's going to happen? And right now we're in the DS9 stage, but we're going to go full Voyager. Okay, good. <laughs> go full Voyager someday. <laughs> Yep. Oh boy. Title. Well, that was a remar- remarkable explanation. Thank I, you. I feel enriched. Thank you. Want to start the show? I guess. I guess. All right. Let's do it. The podcast you are about to hear contains the histrionic and problematic conversations of a stodgy Presbyterian and a casserole-loving Baptist. Their interactions are volatile at times and unpleasant most of the time. In many nations, this is considered a mild form of torture. We strongly advise you to stop this nonsense and go do something useful with your life. Otherwise, if you insist on listening to this mess, welcome to the lightest form of flogging. Thank you, deep voice man. Hold on. More enthusiasm, David. Come now. Thank you, deep voice man. Hello and welcome to the lightest form of flogging podcast. Hi. I'm David McCookie filling in for Jim Briggs, who could not be here today <laughs> because he is filling in for David McCookie on the lightest form of flogging podcast. Okay. <laughs> and, l- and let me guess, you delivered that because I said you should deliver. Yeah, that I was with- going to do a different one. <laughs> Please don't do what I ask you to do. 
generally no. It's it's the it's cracking. Our relationship is cracking. Its very foundations are are withering away before our feet. Is it cracking soon. or withering? Would you stop? <laughs> okay. So hey, yeah, welcome to the show. What you never say what episode it is. We're episode twenty. That's not that. It'll be. It's like just look at your phone. Your phone will tell you what episode number we're on. What phone? My, that phone? No, I mean, whatever's playing the podcast, not you. Oh, <laughs> listener, dear listener. <laughs> I don't have a phone. I don't that- know what episode this is. I think it's 28. But if you just look at your phone, it's in the title. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> at, this, at the lightest form of vlogging podcast, we don't really like to inform our li- <laughs> listeners of anything. We do nothing for you. We do nothing for you, but we try to direct your paths. Well, what, do you want me to tell them the title too? What's the title, Jim? Uh, you know, uh, the lightest form of vlogging podcast episode, whatever. It just It's a great way to mark our progress through this terrible thing called life. Welcome to the lightest form of vlogging podcast episode, whatever. Which is a miracle it should be. It's a miracle every time we advance in this show. Instead of regressing, which mm-hmm. is what uh, I thought would be a very likely possibility, David. So, hey, let's start with some follow-up. Um, I imagine you have uh, an item or two. I do. I do. I doth. As, as you usually do. I doth. You, you, doth, you doth regale us. Uh, so the first one is I was just looking at Overcast for a while. Overcast, the mm-hmm. podcast playing app, did yeah. not have a religion and spirituality category. I'm not sure why that okay. was the case. I know the guy who made Overcast is a fairly staunch, but maybe not militant atheist. Anyway, okay. it's back. So there is now a religion and spirituality so, category. Uh, so all of that to say, starring us on Overcast now does something. Before, it didn't really oh, matter good. because it wouldn't promote us to the top of any list that actually existed. Okay. But now that that list is back and Joel Osteen and a Roman Catholic podcast are up in the top, you should desperately, I mean, let me desperately. put it, I'm trying, what do you think, Jim? I think we should do just you, do this. Do you think what? Oh, sorry. You, I, I had an actual you are, question. You're you not inviting me to participate. <laughs> I had an actual question. Okay. <laughs> okay sorry. I just I, so, you sh- you go ahead. I, go guess, ahead I don't have anything to say. I just get excited when you like <laughs> let me into your life. So <laughs> do you think that it is better to listen to a Joel Osteen sermon or this podcast? You know, uh, it's a toss up. It is. Listeners. <laughs> star this podcast if you think it is <laughs> do nothing if you think that it isn't so there you go thank you folks uh if you could do that for us that would be fantastic uh just wanted to say uh this is merely anecdotal um a uh, a listener a new brand new listener approached me the other oh day okay and said hey uh jim i just <laughs> heard about the podcast mm-hmm. i of course customarily apologized Yes, him. yes, <laughs> I did. Th- I do this and people are like confused. No, 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 I'm joking. You do it for real, don't you? <laughs> I do. Yeah. <laughs> a, 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 oh, David. Somebody came up to me on Sunday and said, hey, I've been listening to your podcast. And I immediately, without missing a beat, went, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and she was like, no, I really like it and thought that I was just being self-deprecating. I guess she hasn't listened to that many episodes, but <laughs> that, one's, that got me laughing more than I thought it would. But, uh, but I, I of course customarily apologize to this listener. And he said that uh, I asked him, what, what did you start at the beginning? Hoping that he would say, no, I didn't. Right. Those are, those are, you mess. mean the beginning of any episode, right? No, <laughs> did, you, did you listen halfway? Just, Basically just play the music at I the mean, end. The beginning of our show, uh, the episode one is what I was. That's funny one. At. Yeah. And he said, no, I listened to the imprinting episode, which I thought, Hey, a great episode to start on. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it's a, it's a major theme of ours that we've referenced many times Ever since, since yeah, then. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was good. And he, he said the show, he liked it. Um, 
joked around with me a little bit because I'm amazed. He got the gimmick right away. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> so he was just insulting it. <laughs> no, 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 you he, weren't sure if he, he got was, the gimmick or not? No, I, I know this guy. Uh, <laughs> okay. And I'm, I, I know that he got the gimmick and was playing around with me. But like if someone was listening, they would say, wow, he doesn't really like the show. <laughs> he doesn't like the show at all. But no. right. <laughs> and uh, so I just want to say once again, uh, thank you, David, for that wonderful uh, marketing gimmick of ours. You are the creator of it, sustainer <laughs> of it. And it has been uh, giving us dividends, paying dividends ever since. Um, so he listened to the episode on imprinting. And he said that uh, just as a, a general comment mm-hmm. for you and I and our listeners, if they want to join in on the fun, um, it, it really got him thinking. Hmm. And that's pretty much at this point, the best compliment anyone can give this show is that it just it's helping them think. Mm-hmm. And he made a comment about how uh, un- um, unconscious imprinting. Like you and I, we focus much of our discussion on imprinting on purpose. Right. And he, it got him thinking about what we imprint on accident mm-hmm. or at least at one time was on purpose. And we've forgotten about it since he thought of a, a word picture, a metaphor, an, an analogy he thought like, we're just like this big metal ball. And if we read a book 10 years ago, that book has an imprint on us. It has an impact on us. And that ball gets like a little dent in it. Mm-hmm. 10 years later, we don't know maybe how we got that dent or why it's there. But he said, nevertheless, when things imprint on us, they leave an impact, a dent. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just kind of how life goes. And I was just thinking, wow, that's kind of uh, insightful. Uh, and I just wanted to share that. That's all I wanted to say. That it was cool that a guy just approached me, said he liked the show, listened to it, and gave, shared in this thought with me. I, was, I thought that was fun. So a uh, great topic idea, David. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that was a cool thought. That we imprint on things when we don't even know it, and they leave impacts on us. And even if we forget that we why we got it, information and things and people and places and ideas have impacts on us, and they're always there. We are the uh, the pinball in the machine. Yes. Okay. A little well, metal ball. Now that I don't now I I don't know what to do now. So, I don't either. I uh, was next, gonna next was, point of yeah. Go ahead. Um. So Ben thinks that the show clarification our Slack listener our Slack Ben, ben. Slack Ben Slack. yeah. Ben Robin, as he I call him. He thinks that the show has sort of started to, he thinks that the title, uh, not a theology podcast yeah. is getting a little bit sketchy, especially after this recent episode. And he thinks that why do people the think show that? is talk, kind of, wait, what, what was it? Was it the turning into an opportunity for me to rant against new Calvinists? Oh, and so I responded to this because I think he's right. Like, I think that the show is pulling toward me ranting against new Calvinism. And I want to stop that. But I think the reason for that is that I, we talk about our journeys on this show. Mm -hmm. You talk about your journey from not being a Christian to being an Arminian Pentecostal Pentecostal crazy crazy to being where you are now, which is uh, like a sovereign grace, new Calvinist. Okay. Right. And for me, my journey no. What? No. What? Not a sovereign grace to communist. Is sovereign gracie? Okay, thank you. Uh, my journey was from always being a Christian to being... From the womb. Uh, you know, a, a Christian Arminian to never delving into the Pentecostal stuff to yeah. being a new Calvinist Yeah. in every sense of the word. Like, I've talked about this before. The, yeah. You worked on your Matt. to so much Matt Chandler that yeah. I started to involuntarily yeah. sound like him. You got street cred. One might say I, I uh, unknowingly imprinted on him and dented my ping pong ball. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. Like uh, our new listener is uh, beaming with joy. So the reason that I keep circling back you have, you around, have a, you have a scar on your forehead. Sorry. That was can- <laughs> cancer is never funny, but I had to do it. Sorry. What? <laughs> I didn't even know how cancer. W- what? <laughs> no, he got the, the surgery. He had brain cancer. Who did? Matt Chandler, you dork. Oh, I thought we were talking about the ping pong ball. I'm no, sorry. No, no. <laughs> no, just Matt Chandler with this thing. And I, I got gotcha, you. Yeah. yeah, right. Thank you. Um, so, but, but for me, like new Calvinism is where your journey ended so far anyway. And no, this is my point, David. See, no, we're doing it now. You, you, you just have this, these things about new Calvinism that. What? Uh, I, I haven't said anything bad about it. No, you're saying just that that's just, that's like a, it's like, a, you're saying it's a de- my denomination or something like I'm just, just in this club. And, uh, <laughs> that, that term is old by now. I mean, it's been a long time. Well, what is the term to describe you? Because there, the, the problem is you just don't want a term. It's no, I'm a small R reformed Baptist. I've said that many times, well, but people. that just means a new Calvinist. No, it doesn't. Cause there, there've been small or R reformed Baptist before new Calvinism was coined. I, yes, there was. Yeah. Okay. I can give you that. Yeah. Calvinism has been around for a long time. You have such a long name and new Calvinist is so much easier to say. Uh, it's true. What I mean, what I, I mean I, is I not don't mean to be, I don't mean to be jumping on you here. No, but I mean, this is, this is a good conversation to have. Okay. What I mean is not when I say that you're a new Calvinist, I don't mean that you're young, restless and reformed. Like I've, I've pulled intentionally away from using that phrase. That's okay. I'm, I'm happy you said that for me. New Calvinist is somebody who affirms tulip. And I guess is maybe is, is maybe more charismatic than like a confessional guy. I'm but gonna, that doesn't have I'm to mean accept that. But I hope you know, at least by now, whatever episode we're at, right. thirty-eight, that it, even though I, I'm not uh, uh, prescribed or subscribing to a confession right now in the in the largest sense right. of the term, I'm not just stopping at tulip. I mean, uh, no, no, that's not what okay. I'm trying to say. But what I'm trying, I guess, what I am trying to say is, I was for the most part, I was what I would have called. And would still call now a new Calvinist. Okay. Like I, I was, I, I had that badge. And so when I talk about new Calvinists, what I'm really talking about is past David. Okay. And so. But, but it doesn't come off that way though. No, I, I know that this is the, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to justify it. What I'm okay. trying to do is explain, like, I think these are the reasons why I keep doing it because you're, yeah. when you talk about your journey and you talk about being a crazy charismaniac, mm-hmm. nobody really bats an eye because none of our listeners are crazy charismaniacs. But when I talk about my journey, part of that is where our listeners are now. Mm-hmm. And when I talk about how I found it unsatisfying, I need to find better ways to do, to, to talk about me finding these things, these yeah, particular things unsatisfying That's good. rather than talking about how I think new Calvinists are wrong. Even mm-hmm. though like, I think both are legitimate ways to say it. The, the latter way is just has not been helpful. Okay. Perhaps we'll still find time to, uh, to criticize our new Calvinist friends. <laughs> but I like how you're thinking about this. This is more about where you were. Right. Yes. And that's the, but that's necessarily we, going to be frustrating to some people because it's always, it's always annoying when like no one likes you to be get labeled. your PhD and somebody with five PhDs comes along and says, I remember back when I got my first PhD and you're like really proud of your accomplishment. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I have five PhDs compared to a new Calvinist. That's not, not what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but when somebody says, Oh, I was once where you was. And I once thought what you thought that sounds condescending, even though like it's kind of what the show is about, how I was there yeah. and you were in the places that you were. And we're talking about how we got yeah. to where we are for what it's worth. I've, that's never, that angle has never been offensive to me. Okay. I've, that's never bothered. Well, me. that's helpful. I'm okay with you 
being once at one time what one might call a new Calvinist. That's never bothered me. Uh, in other words, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay that you're a Presbyterian. <laughs> right. I'm glad. <laughs> and I'm okay. It, it, it's, it's completely fine. But, um, but for my part, I'm not speaking for Ben here. Uh, for my part, the, the new Calvinist thing, like it's, it, I wonder what's going through your head sometimes when you lob, when you, when you lob, lob the, the arrows yeah. across and uh, see who you can get. I, I wonder what's going on in your head. I'm resisting when I get fired up. Mm-hmm. I'm, I can, I'm convinced I know what's in your heart, but in my calmer moments, I wonder, I wonder who you're really criticizing here. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how, how effective those criticisms will be for a group that is pretty big at this point must be much more diverse than it used to be. Um, and I'm thinking the young restless and reform thing was a, was right. an, was a magazine article, I think in like 2005 by a guy named the, the Colin Hansen guy. I think that's what his name is. He was describing, mm-hmm. I think accurately a theological movement at the time, but surely since then it's been years, probably well over a decade. The, 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 the movements changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is it a movement? Can it be a movement anymore? I mean, there are new Calvinists in different denominations yeah, I think um, if you ask most people who identify as a Calvinist and yeah. who hold no confession, but also some form of, of like, even if it's like super duper seatbelt charismatic, mm-hmm. like, like crazy seatbelt, like we've never actually done anything. And if I ever spoke tongues, I would assume that like, I got like, hit in the head. Like crazy seatbelt, like you might as well just stop being a charismatic. Right, where you might as well not use the term. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just what, yeah. what's the point? <laughs> um they're at least there. Like that's, that's, that would encompass yeah. my, my, uh, my definition of a new Calvinist. Yeah. I think that people acknowledge that there is a movement of, maybe we could call them reformed charismatics. That, There's a, that yeah. is a movement. That's a real thing that people identify with. Okay. And yeah, it's, it, it is such a hodgepodge out there. Yeah. Like you're right. There's so much diversity. When I say those things, oftentimes I'm thinking of like the majority of comments, commenters I see on the pub or I'm thinking of Mm -hmm. the like books that I've read from guys who are part of that movement. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I'm usually thinking of and what I'm usually critiquing, Mm -hmm. but it's not, I've been doing it in a way that's vague enough to be unhelpful, but specific enough to make people angry. Mm -hmm. So I want to, I want you, you you just have that, you have that flair. (laughs) (laughs) I need you to help me. Uh, So when I say new Calvinists, you, you should ask like, do you mean, okay. And I guess I'll, there's I'll three things. Best. What are you doing? My mustache hair just got caught. Right Ow, oh, it hurts so much. Oh, that hurt me. That didn't even happen to my, me. My, I have a little tear streaming down <laughs> oh, my face. Sorry. That, that's awful. Um, okay. So I guess there's three things that I could mean by that. I could be meaning past David. Yeah. I could be meaning Wayne Grudem or some other <laughs> author of that. Oak, or I could be meaning, meaning a pub commenter. So okay. maybe try to draw that out in me. Okay. And then the other thing I think that happens is when I ask you questions about where you are now, mm-hmm. this happens to me. This happens to me so often mm. when I ask people questions about what they believe mm-hmm. either because they haven't thought it through and they're mm-hmm. defensive or because they have thought it through, but they just see me as a pretentious snob. They people te- or, or for other reasons, I don't know what all the reasons mm-hmm. are. They people tend to assume that I'm trying to prove something. So when I say, Oh, well, why do you believe that? Like, Uh, Where do you see that in scripture? Or like when I'm asking Mm -hmm. these questions, most often, at least I hope most often, Mm -hmm. I am trying to just understand where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what the show is supposed to be about. But I do feel like with you to a lesser degree, but even in this show to some degree, and with lots of other people to a greater degree, 
when I ask you questions, mm -hmm. you tend to see that as a me laying a Presbyterian trap for you. Mm -hmm. I do. And, I'm, I'm and then you, then you like drill in on me. I'm not good at getting out of them. That, then you, <laughs> you know what my tactic is lately right. to acknowledge it completely. It like right. totally disarms the, but this, this the is trap bearer. Well, and I, I haven't, I haven't really laid that <laughs> I, many actual I, traps. I know. I'm just, but so, so what happens from this is then you kind of turn it back around on me and you're like, Oh, well, what are you trying to say? Mm -hmm. And then I end up explaining my position and you don't end up explaining yours. Okay. So that's another thing that we should try to work on where I'm going to try to not fall into your trap, which is not falling into my trap. <laughs> wow. It's, it's interesting what this has turned into. <laughs> now I feel guilty. <laughs> I, I don't think you do it intentionally, but I, I'm, I'm realizing that like, that's another dynamic that we have where I'll start asking you about your position and you'll be like, well, but what's wrong with it? What do you, you know? And, and then I end up just ranting. I do sound just like that. <laughs> okay. Well, this point to follow up was uh, unexpected in its application. So, uh, so you hate new Calvinists. Okay, go on. Just, well, it's not that I'm, I hate them. I'm I love kidding. burning they, them. They, <laughs> that will be deleted. Um, <laughs> well, I think that was, uh, that was, that was Boil good. Boil them, mash them, put them in a stew. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. New Calvinists. Um, <laughs> what's new Calvinist, precious? Let's raw and David, I, that's a really good golem. That was uh, surprisingly heartwarming. And so with all of that in mind, lots of layers to that. Um, I accept some of the, the criticisms like an you, that you uh, putting on, put on me. I don't think they're, I don't think they're on you. I think it's just on our dynamic. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I think it's a good application for that is for me to maybe uh, ask a clarifying question and to not hate you so much. I would like it if you don't hate me so okay. much. All right. Everyone wants to be loved. All right, David. Well, thank you for that follow-up point. That was a vigorous segment today. That had like five <laughs> subpoints. I know, five subpoints. We managed to just we're gonna turn follow-up into the majority of the show eventually. My goal and, is to one day have an episode that is all follow-up. And you will be just gleeful over there. I yes, yes. I will be tickled pink. David, if the new Calvinists want to join us on our <laughs> Slack, how might they do that, sir? Well, we actually have a separate entrance for the new Calvinists. Okay. <laughs> You have to answer all of David's questions and you can't uh, turn it back on him. Uh, no, if you would like to join us on Slack, you can go to slack.techreformation.com. There you will need to enter an email and a password. Uh, that We don't actually have access to that email data, I don't believe. So we can't spam you even if we wanted to, which we don't. We don't want to spam people, do we? It's think? a safe process, in other words, right, David? Exactly. So okay. you can give your email address. You'll get an email inviting you to the Slack. And then once you are on the Slack, which you can either use the app for or use in your browser, uh, you can join the hashtag flogging channel. And if I haven't said it before on this episode, which I don't think that I have Slack is like an IRC channel. It's like a chat room. It's like a, a, uh, it's a private space. Uh, yeah. I also a, want to mention, you that. know what it is? It's a safe space. It's a safe space for yeah. all of the new Calvinists. Exactly. David does not make fun of anybody on our Slack. So you're safe to come on. <laughs> you don't even have to talk to him at all. Like just we, ignore him. I think him. for a while, I don't know if we still do, but I think for a while we had a hashtag EFS channel. Oh, wonderful. That was partly my fault. Because <laughs> you're just so excited. Not all my fault. Ben, ben was on my side with this. Okay. We, we fought side. By, side by side. Okay, good. He's an, he's an ally, in other words. Exactly. Thank, thank you, Ben Rubin. Well, uh, enough but of that. But still only counts as one. Still only counts as one. Um, enough of that frivolity. Hey, uh, let's get into our main topic. I just grabbed a pen for no reason. Um, so last show. Can I, can I talk about the topic? Sure, yeah. Because I'm going to try to interview you. We're going to try to do this more. Oh, uh, that's right. Zip, this zip, is the gym. You have to stop talking about what's in your heart. You have to let me drive the show. Yes. Well, it's not about that. It's <laughs> I'm just about, making fun of you. I it's just okay. want, I want to ask you questions because that tricks the listeners into thinking that what you're saying is interesting. 
<laughs> and that's how it should go the other way. I'm too. amazed I've lasted. It should this go that long. way the other way. I'm amazed I've lasted this long. You mean in life? That too. Yeah. Uh, so Jim, last episode we talked about. I don't remember. We talked about uh, being on fire. We talked about yeah. Servetus. We talked about interesting episode. It was uh, we talked about that and like defined it somewhere towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was so, it's so hard to define and I don't feel like we have a definition that everybody's going to be happy with. Yeah. That's not, I, I think most people would get it. Yeah. You know, if I think some people might think, oh my gosh, I've been singing it this entire time and I thought it meant this other thing. Well, that wouldn't surprise me. To illustrate what you just said, you had a definition and mine was a little different. Right. Yours was more about the feels and mine was more about going above and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that, it, was a, it was a nice episode that got us talking about Christian music and how yeah. important and shaping Christian music is. Yeah. And we thought at the end of that episode, I don't know if it made it into the, into the episode or not. Uh-huh. And I just listened to the episode today, which is really sad. Yeah. At the end of that episode, we talked about the idea of talking about songs that shaped us. And yeah. I think I kind of already did it in that episode when we talked bit, about yeah. the two casting crown songs, yeah. but uh, we decided it would be good for you to describe yeah. Songs that song or songs that have shaped you. So my yes. first question for you though, is yes. like, what is your contemporary Christian music background? Like when you first came to the yeah, faith, yeah. what were you listening to? Maybe you can just give an overview. Yeah. Um, decade by decade. Decade. <laughs> you're not that old. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you've got like two or three. I got, I know, okay. uh, I've been alive in like five. Well, no, uh, yeah, I mean, it's fair. I'm old enough to have like, I, I can, I can, I can look back into the, the the my uh, my memory banks and 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 those involve decades not right. a decade so I've been alive in four decades uh, oh okay yeah I don't understand that the eighties the nineties the two thousands and the two thousand tens I got you so we're so yeah and, and I guess I am a product my musical uh, CCM genre I guess started with the early two thousands okay um and uh. So back then, when I when I converted, I think I was listening to this is this is this was interesting to think about in preparation for this episode. I started thinking about all the music that I listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, I jumped on the Jars of Clay bandwagon real fast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Their first out, I remember. I their, still appreciate their stuff. I well, I here's the thing. I mentioned Jars of Clay first because I became a monster fan. Mm-hmm. Their you remember way back when their first album came out and their the single off of that. Uh, album Flood became a mainstream hit. It was a crossover hit. Right. It, it was playing. Oh, on, I did not know that. It was, when was this? This was in, I think it was, oh gosh. Uh, 97, 97. Okay, so and uh, the song <laughs> called Flood, they're right. still most popular. I can't swim after yeah. 40 days. It was a really good song. And it was, it was getting airplay on MTV. I remember watching like, wow, this is, this is interesting. This is an interesting mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they got that crossover status that just launched them into because well, the- a lot of their music and I don't say this I don't say this to insult them they weren't they weren't aiming to say profound things about Christian like okay okay good. a lot okay, of their good. stuff okay, was they they aimed to say profound things but I think what you're trying to say is they were not a Christian band exactly and they have said this earlier on that like we're not we're not like a Christian band we're not we're not here to release worship albums and I think although that's they have. great can I yeah at, at the time I think that's great at the time it bothered me Yes, because I was in this thing. Well, you got to be a Christian band. You got to right. you got to sing for Jesus. And uh, and these guys were like, well, just like we want to sing for Jesus. We do sing. They sing for Jesus all the time. Right. Uh, but uh, but they're not an explicitly Christian band. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're getting off on things. Um, so their their first album came out. I remembered the song. I went and got that album. I'm like, oh, they're Christians. This is cool. And they think about Christian things. So I just 
I listened to Jars of Clay like crazy. Hmm. They were my they became my favorite band. My all-time favorite song is Worlds Apart, still to this day, Worlds Apart from that first album. I buy every single album they release till now. They've gotten a little weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know much about their modern stuff. <laughs> but they get, it's 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 it's, it's it's different. Mm. But they've gone on journeys. Um, of course, Third Day. Everyone loves Third Day. Uh, They're almost all worship. No, not no. They recently. Would, if they've if, been almost to all compare really worship them stuff. to Jars of Clay, they would probably be the the Christian band, right? They released lots of worship songs. They're okay, probably okay with being called a Christian band. Yeah. Although I don't know. But yeah, uh, I think that, Third I mean, Day yeah. was big back then. I mean, they're still kind of big, but they were in their prime, I would say, back then. Um, that guy has a voice, Mac Powell. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gl- I mean, isn't the joke that Christian music isn't as good as, you know, what am I trying to say? You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, Christian music is three chords. Yeah, it's not as, it's not as uh, musically diverse, I should say. Yeah. Um, the, the quality, the songmanship, the vocal quality. But dang, we got, if we got that guy, we're doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> He's awesome, isn't he? Um, and for a time, I was really into a Michael W. <laughs> this is so funny. Uh, Michael W. Smith released a worship album uh, right around the oh, right when I converted, and I bought it, and I just I loved it, man. <laughs> His voice is like fingers on a chalk. He was he is like I know you said we can't be doing too bad if we have Mac Powell, but like Michael W. Smith is like the inverse of that to I know, me. He's not the. Uh, I love the album, and I love some of the songs in the album, but like the first song. On that album, I remember to this day, even when I was just naive and loved everything, <laughs> I, uh, the song was called Forever. Um, I don't know if you remember it, but we it's its a its a big... And a friend, a friend forever. Is that it? I think so. Um, the, the song starts and he does this stupid worship leader thing where he like kind of <laughs> like tells everyone, okay, oh, this wouldn't be on a worship let's album. go. Uh-huh. And he was like, all right, here we go. Give thanks to the Lord, our God. And, and he was like, come on, let's go. Singing all these like these little side things. And I was just why, like, why does he sound gay like, when you do? Him? Because he kind of sounded stupid like that. Okay. And, uh, and I was like, this is kind of dumb. And then it was, <laughs> then it was pretty good. Um, he had a, a good band with him. It overcame his vocal deficiencies. I'm not saying he's a bad singer. I, I still can't. I, Mr. I, Mr. Smith, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I love you. You're great. <sighs> Your worship well, you know, you know that he had to have surgery because he was singing so wrong. What? Like he uses his voice in all the ways that when you like do vocal oh, training, see. they tell you not to. And yeah. he got uh, nodules and he yeah, had to nodules, have them yeah. removed and he couldn't sing for a while. Oh, wow. And I think that might have happened to him more than once, but I'm not sure on that. Maybe they broke down during that album. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think the band did. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> but uh, we're getting okay, excited. I'm being, I'm being a little we're, bit mean, but I, I don't like Michael W. That's getting, all I'm trying to say. We're getting excited here, but... Um, um, Cademan's Call. I love Cademan's Call. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually really band. loved them. They're a really good band. That was back when, um, what's when his he name? was still a Christian. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even have to mention his name and you knew exactly what I was talking about. Derek Webb. Yeah. Who had an amazing voice uh, back when he was singing with them. And uh, those are the bands I was into. I haven't listened to them in a while. So I'm, I'm okay, going yeah. to lay down my sword. Lay We're not going to die on that hill song. We're not going to die on that hill song. Uh, thank you very much. So um, a particular song came by. A uh, song by a guy named. This was a th- uh, if there are one hit wonders in Christianity. Oh, I, I, but before you get into this, because yeah. you're okay, going to you're going you're yeah. to go full Sean McDonald on me. Sorry, but I want you to tell me, like now, what do you listen yeah. to? Um. So for a and while, if there's anything interesting in the middle, feel free to bring that up too. So for a while, I don't know if this is just me, um, or if anyone else does this, but I started listening to Christian radio. So whatever was available on the radio mm-hmm, at the time, mm-hmm. FM radio. Okay, I love. And I started getting pretty disillusioned with it because <laughs> it sounded 
exactly like uh, the pop radio. I'm not saying this is a. Did a, you say pot or pop? Pop radio. Okay. Like just like a pop, a re, uh, modern pop songs, whoever the, the the latest thing. I can't hear you when you say pop correctly because you've got a pop filter on your mic. So okay. <laughs> the P's are silent when I say that. Right. Um, like like in swimming. And I think like a lots of other fellow believers. I think we're all a bit disillusioned with Christian radio for the same reason. So I don't hmm. really need to get into that. I wonder, I wonder if that's the case or if that's more like our circles, like maybe like, I wonder how maybe. far that goes because obviously it, that's it's fair. still working for somebody. Otherwise they wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's multiple, like, uh, I mean, if I ever go, when, the, the rare times I go through the dial on the, and there's like four or five Christian radio stations and there's some, stations like moody radio plays a lot of sermons a little bit of music mm-hmm. 104 i shouldn't be doing this because people not everyone lives in spokane but the whole got, world there's a lot of christian there's a lot the of christian whole world the whole world listens lives to moody. in jim lives, there, lives in, in spokane wow lives in, lives in me i almost called you spokane and then i called spokane jim and i should can i go lay down yes please i'll keep going it's because we're talking about ccm <laughs> and uh and i just i just oh man um i Jeremy Camp was like the last new artist I got into. And that's kind of a Mac Powell thing going after him. I mean, he pulls toward that. Like how many, how many contemporary Christian, this is part of what I mean. How many contemporary Christian guys do you know of who sing even remotely close to baritone range, let alone bass? Like everybody's all up here. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of people have that that baritone, like the rasp, like Mac Powell, Jeremy right. camp has a lower a, voice, yeah, a lower but, voice and a little bit of raspiness. Uh, he's like a, he's like a, uh, a post pubescent David Crowder. <laughs> and I never liked, David, I never liked, <laughs> I never liked David Crowder, by the way, um, <laughs> David Crowder was in the mix at I the did. time. I did. Um, yeah, and I'm not saying he's bad. I just never got into his music. Um, I really hated, started to really hate Christian radio, which got me to hate pretty much all of the new stuff that was coming out. And this and was I, last year. I retreat, this is last week. Uh, so I, re- <laughs> I retreated into the stuff that I knew. So like the few bands that I mentioned to you, there was a bunch of other ones in there. I just listened to those songs over and over and over again, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. highly unoriginal until the day or out the vinyl until the day. Um, a friend of mine introduced me to Shane and Shane. Ah, uh, yes. And we- that kind of started kind of a new era of Jim's Christian music life. Mm-hmm. I still listen to a lot of the old stuff and I have zero problem with kind of listening to that small, small section <laughs> of Christian music. They are the, it's a weird thing. of well, mine. I don't know why I do this. If you're going to pick one band, Shane and Shane's a good one but because they're like, yeah. they're the NT right of Christian music. And all that I mean by that, don't get um, mad. All unbel- that I mean by that is <sighs> volume of content produced. That is all that I mean by that. <laughs> and maybe they wear purple shirts. I don't know. You, David, you are so unique. I, no one I know is like you. Um, That's a Crowder song. Okay. <laughs> there is. But my my point is, um, the only real new music I get into is Shane and Shane. I just okay. like Shane and Shane stuff. And do you listen to any non-CCM stuff still? Oh, yeah, lots. Okay. So um, like ratio there? I'm not as... Uh, I would say it's like uh, 60, 70... Um, secular stuff, non-Christian okay, stuff. Okay. I thought you, I was like, the math doesn't check out there. 60, 70. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I listen to 130% music. <laughs> That's how committed, committed I am. And I still listen to the occasional Jars of Clay album for nostalgic purposes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I still like them, but uh, I'm not the monster fan I used to be. Um, Do you like monster? What's that? What? I don't know. It's, it's, okay, thank I think you. it's an energy drink. Uh, so Christian music is not a, a, as big a part of my 
piety now as it used to be. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a lot. I mean, I was a char- dumb, charismatic Pentecostal guy. They're all about the music. Hey, be nice to the Pentecostals. Oh, I won't. Well, I, I think won't. this show is just slowly turning into an opportunity for Jim to rant against Pentecostal. Ben, Ben, it's okay. Just let him do this. Let him get it out <laughs> and uh, he'll be fine. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's my answer. I just, I like Shane and Shane, but other than that, um, I don't really listen to much new stuff, whatever the, anything they put out that's new, I buy Mm. no questions asked. So that's like a third of your budget, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, So now Jim, we've discussed your, we've, we've got, we've done a a 30,000 foot overview. Now that we have 20 minutes left to discuss the oxygen mask. I want you to talk about the song or songs that shaped you go. A lot of songs shaped me. But I'm just going to focus on one. Okay. Uh, like I mentioned the song before, Worlds Apart. That mm-hmm. was like a, that was a life-shifting song for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll post the lyrics in our show notes for, so people can kind of understand what... Is there a particular um, line or something? I don't know. This is the thing about Jars of Clay is I, don't, I find it harder to focus on their lyrics. Why? I don't know. I, I mean, it, it's probably the, just a mental thing. Like lyrics, you said, you don't... You said you didn't focus on the... You said you didn't focus on the lyrics for Casting Crowns. For some reason, when I listen yeah, to Drives of yeah. Play, I don't focus on the lyrics. I get, I get what you're saying, yeah. Probably uh, because they're more musically interesting. Well, um, I think Drives of Clay, their, their strong suit has always been their, their lyrics. Hmm. And um, it, I don't think they write for radio. If it's a phrase that can be understood, I hope. I don't understand but it. They're, but they're, they're trying to be original. They're not trying to write to a formula. Oh, I got you. And yeah, I think yeah, they, yeah. you know, I'm not going to say they just write from the heart. Mm-hmm. But I think the 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 singer I think is who writes most of the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Hasseltine, Hasseltine, Bill Hasinger, Yeah, it just seems that he just is just writes from a personal place, and people are like I like that about this mm-hmm. band. Mm-hmm. These these lyrics seem more real, and you know they're not really. I don't know. I'm not. Sure, I'm not going to say they're not singable, but they're just. You know, they, they might be hard to follow. But yeah, anyways, so they wrote a song called "Worlds Apart." It's a really it's a longer song. Um, I don't want to. I can't really cite too much too many of the lyrics on the spot right now but mm-hmm. um it's there it was just one of those songs that just made me stop versus another christian song that i would just listen to and move on with my life hmm. i would listen to this and go wow this is this is impactful um he mentions in the song in passing more or less um the guilt he feels over his sin hmm. and senses that he should have been crucified but he wasn't christ was mm-hmm. That's like, this is a memory I have of the song. Um, hopefully I'm right. But uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, another song that had a big impact on me was a song called Gravity by Sean McDonald. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, to the extent that they, they these happen in Christian music circles, it was, I think, like a one-hit wonder. It was probably the, the one song he's known for. He's not, he's not like a third-day guy. He's, right, that, right. His popularity level is... I don't know how big it is. I don't know if he's even still recording now, honestly. I remember hearing this song this on was like contemporary Christian music yeah. stations. I mean, into the 2010s. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's been, it's been, it's been around constant. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a big hit of his and I it's heard the it. desiring God of the contemporary Christian music world. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> um, and right around the time I heard this song, um, I was in, I, I guess you could say my honeymoon phase of my conversion where everything was just kind of fun and awesome. Was and your honeymoon fun and awesome? It was fun. Everything was awesome. Really? Yeah. Uh, huh. About it. And, uh, it was my actual honeymoon. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was great. Okay. It was cool. awesome. I feel like a lot of couples, they, they, they do a lot of growing up right in that, right in that span. You mean that, are you saying that in the way I think you're saying it? Well, I just mean like Sarah and I, we learned that like 
Because we don't like Hawaii. <laughs> or I don't like Hawaii. Is that where you went? Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. everyone did the whole... You should have done what we did. What did we, you do? We we her, her, Christy is... Her and I had an understanding right away. Mm-hmm. That we're just not going to do things just because people tell us <sighs> That to. was the problem. I mean, and part of that was... Yeah. It, it, was it happened a lot. There was a lot of people, I'm not going to name names, that were like kind of like running our um, wedding for us, mm-hmm. uh, telling us, you should do this. And if mm-hmm. you don't do this, you know... Yeah, we caved to people, all those voices. And it's just like, it just started to get honest and like, you know what? When we get married and we walk off the podium and we're, we're the altar. How whatever, small were you? You shut up. <laughs> we're going to kind of do things our own way. Uh-huh. And uh, we did it. And we just simple. We went to the um, Smoky Mountains in Tennessee mm-hmm. and got a cabin up in the woods. Yeah, that's what we should have done. It was were there amazing. any attractions like to go no, see? Yeah, uh, Gatlin, this was the problem. Is like, Gatlinburg, well, Gatlinburg was a bit of a, t- a tourist town, but it was just a cabin in the woods. It was quiet. Yeah, it was yeah. No, people weren't around. Mm-hmm. We just there was a pool table in there. We played pool a lot, and yep, it was just yep. it was amazing. That's what we should. I mean, our, our, the other problem is there were all these things that you're like supposed to do when you go to Hawaii, and oh, I yeah. didn't want to do any of them because I realized like, oh, I hate doing stuff. There are rules. <laughs> <laughs> if only Sarah knew. I was the April Ludgate of the marriage. Okay, April Ludgate of the marriage of the honeymoon. We'll say that of the. <laughs> you're not the April Ludgate of the marriage now. That's April Ludgate of the honeymoon. The April fair. Ludgate of honeymoons. David McCookie, everyone. All right. <laughs> Title. Anyway, so way um, off topic. So you were in your honeymoon phase. I was in my honeymoon phase of uh, Christianity, uh, where everything was just kind of bright and beautiful. I'm just and, laughing. Uh, whatever challenges came my way, I just didn't really feel much of them because just it, I thought kind of Christianity was just a kind of a happy, fun place hmm. mm-hmm. you get to frolic in the meadows. A happy of, place where happy people are all the are happy all that's the time. It, man, that's Christianity, dude. Yeah. And then this song came along, um, and this song I, I hope people listen to it uh, before we they get into this discussion, but. Uh, um, it's a kind of a somber feel to it. It's um, lyrically. Um, I'm just going to read just a small portion. Can you of it. sing it? No. I, what if I hum in the background? I, I can't sing it like this guy sings it because it's really weird. Can I whistle harmony? No. Um, if you want to, I'm not going to stop you. That's my okay. new rule: never stop you with you what you want to do. <laughs> okay. Go. Never mind. Um, I can't so, do harmony. Uh, so the song. Uh, I'm just going to read the chorus. The, the, it's, the, it's the main feature of this particular song because the way he sings it, you can't really understand what he's saying during the verses. <laughs> <laughs> he has a very particular way of singing, but during Oh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I it's, hear you. it's a little difficult to hear his cadence and his rhythm. And I'll, I think that's part of why it took off. Yeah, it, 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 he sings in kind of like a folk pop accent that's really difficult to understand, but for did some reason, s- people think it's good in a song to do did that. Did you see my note at the bottom? I did. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wrote... I swear the epitome of Christian piety is singing with mispronounced vowels that make it sound like your jaw is dislocated and a timbre slash tone that makes you sound like you've been constipate, constipated for a minimum of two weeks. Speaking of which, <laughs> I have an ad idea. Okay. So that's David uh, McCookie's interpretation of how Sean McDonald sang the song Gravity. Well, and most, most people sing anything in CCM. Yeah. So. yeah. Okay. So, uh, so I'm just going to read some of the lyrics so people know what we're, what we're doing. Uh, so the ways of this world are grabbing a hold. Won't let me go. Won't let me fly by. It's taken its toll down on my soul because I know what I need in my life. Don't let me lose my sight of you. Don't let me lose my sight. I don't want to fall away from you. Gravity is pulling me down. So you murdered the delivery, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Quite a contrast I created from uh, Mr. McDonald. Yeah. When he says you, like, I don't want to fall away from you. Yeah. (laughs) Don't want to fall away from you. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's a little weird, but I liked the song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, the the song kind of grabbed me, and uh, I wondered why he was kind of sad. Mm-hmm. 
Because like you don't really do that in Christian music, at least contemporary Christian music. I mean, I'm I'm not saying there weren't other somber feels uh, in the, in yeah, the song. It's like of the, course there were, and like yeah. the song I mentioned to you, the "Worlds Apart" by Jars of Clay. That's not a happy song by any means, right? But but this particular song, uh, when I heard it, I was just like, "Huh, this is a big hit." But this song doesn't really have anything that makes me happy in it. I wonder why that is. Essentially, the, the singer is is worried. That he and he doesn't want to fall away from God, and it seems that I'm thinking he's talking about a sin battle, or just the ways of the world in general are weighing him down, and uh, it's it's costing him dearly. He doesn't want to fall away from God. That was the first time I really thought about that concept. It was from this song, and um, it was interesting to me because I didn't know that the Christian life had that as a part of it. And so this at this point you had been the song came out in two thousand four. So at this point you had been a Christian for like for a couple three years. years a couple tops. years, yeah, yeah. And uh, everything was going great. Everything was fun. He's forty one now, by the way. He is oh old boy. McDonald. Oh boy, time flies. He was probably he was then very young when he recorded that. Yeah, God, God bless him for his his success. Um, and and that the lyric stuck with me. The lyric stuck with me because I was somehow identifying with what he was saying, but I wasn't really quite sure how. Hmm. I think it was just because that in my naive thinking, and I could point a lot of fingers at why this was, but just to avoid that, I was in a place where I just wasn't quite sure how to um, negotiate battling sin. Mm-hmm. The deep, deep costs sometimes associated with the battle with sin. What do you mean by that? Because you have that this in is the notes I'm, and I wasn't sure what you were talking about. This is what I mean. I mean... I think there's provision for victory in the Christian life and, and, and defeating some aspect of some sin that's plaguing you mm-hmm. and uh, finding healing and restoration and all that good stuff. But on the way, sin does kind of crush you sometimes, doesn't it? So it's not that it's you not that you're not saying, I this mean, is hard I, for me to I say. can agree with you either way, but you're not saying that battling sin necessarily is costly. Like that, that's true well, enough. In some ways. But what I mean, you, what you're getting at is sin itself. Like the sin, the presence doing of the sin is, is doing costly. the sin, dealing with the consequences right. of the sin. And you know, the, 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 and I guess I am kind of saying too, that the fighting of the sin is, is hmm. kind of awful sometimes too. It's hard. Yeah. It's not easy to do this kind of stuff. And at the time I was just naive and young and I just had no concept that a Christian would ever cry out to God this way, hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I mean, I never really went back and forth too much with perseverance of the saints, you know, uh, saints will be carried right, on to right. the end. I didn't really, I didn't go back and forth on that. I think I believe, I think fairly early on that, okay, this is true. You know, once saved, always saved. You so know, like, yeah, by, this, the, by the, the time you heard this song, you were, you were, you were yeah. on the, uh, the P of the tulip. Yeah. And I was, well, not really. <laughs> I was, uh, I uh, converted to Calvinism, I think in 2005-ish, right. something around that time. So well, this you, is, can, you can this have parts before. of the tulip without the whole thing. Well, lots of Armenians hold to uh, once saved, always saved. Right, right. Um, so well, that's why they say I'm a, I'm a one point Calvinist. <laughs> yeah, it's the easiest. And 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 I guess to kind of a, a, a preview of future uh, discussion, them, I think this is probably the hardest part of the tulip to grasp sometimes because once Christians get into the thick of it, and get beat up around or get beat up by life. Hmm. I mean, this might become kind of hard, you know, uh, 
you kind of get what I'm trying to say here? Because this is, but this are you is talking about assurance of your own salvation. Like total or? depravity. Total depravity is is more of a concept you kind of just have to accept. I mean, yeah, we can see the effects of sin and, right. and get the even a lot of Arminians, you know, will hold to some sort of though. total depravity. It's more abstract. The stuff that we do, the sanctification is perseverance. Of the saints is uh, has a lot to do with sanctification. That's mm-hmm. the thing we do every day, day in and day out. What I'm trying to say is we have more practical 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 grasp of that point than the others. That's just a claim I'm going to make. Okay. Um, and maybe Experiential I'll, theology. Maybe, maybe. And maybe what I'm also trying to say is I think we take it for granted. Hmm. It's like, oh, okay, that's kind of done already. So I don't sure, have to worry sure. about this or worry about why that word perseverance is, why that word and not another word. Right. You know, perse- running a race, uh, running the good race to the end, persevering that kind of gives us a hint of what the Christian life is going to be like, mm-hmm. what it means to actually be sanctified. It's not, it's painful. Mm-hmm. It's painful. And sometimes we might be pushed to, um, we might be pushed so hard that we might be kind of concerned. Don't let me fall away from you, God. I don't want to fall away. Mm-hmm. Holding at the same time, a different set of books, maybe I can use that phrase. Mm-hmm. God is going to hold me to the end. But holding at the same time, I'm really afraid to fall away right now. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when, I, when I became a Calvinist, I still remembered this song and I still listened to it on occasion. And I thought, okay, well, I got, I got, I think I got perseverance of the saints down now. I feel hmm. pretty good about it. I believe I'm a Christian. I'm going to fall away, fall, fall away, fall. <laughs> I believe I'm a Christian. I'm going to fall away. Yeah. <laughs> Step two. <laughs> Don't put that on Instagram. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to follow through to the end. But when I hear this guy sing, sometimes I go, yeah, I hear your brother. Mm-hmm. I don't want to fall away either. So is this a song that still sticks with you? Or are you talking you about know, like 21 year old Jim? Well, I started off by explaining why this was such an, uh, this was a fresh concept. For oh, me. I like this. I like this. You told us what you were going to tell us. You Stop. told us and now you're telling us what you told us. Well, you're, you're, you're asking me, was I talking about 21 year old Jim or now Jim? Right. So I just, I'm just saying I started off with this song being kind of strange to me. Mm-hmm. I think I got it. I think I got the heart of it, but as time has gone on, I think I actually understand more of what he's trying to say. Mm, mm-hmm. But the confusion was at first, you know, oh, if we, if we, if, if we're going to persevere, then, then why even sing this song? Right. Why even be worried about this? So, you know, and, and I know we, we don't really want to talk too much about today mm-hmm. now, uh, but you know, just to say, I mean, eventually when I hear this song, I, you know, depending on the day, you know, I can, I can still kind of identify with him. Hmm. I should say this also, um, the song doesn't really do a great job of helping <laughs> right, <laughs> with right. the problem. And that's, that's a criticism that you and I could have you probably more, especially on most modern Christian songs. Mm-hmm. But this song was unique because it was complaining about something that not a whole lot of so- Christian songs complain about. Uh, but also on the other hand, as much as I like the song, it just, it's, it's a horrible song to listen to when you're in kind of the, the depths, you know? Mm. Uh, but that's kind of a side point. I wasn't really going to talk about that today, but that's just kind of something I wanted to mention. You know, it's, it's, it's a terrible song to listen to when you're depressed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even though it's an accurate song in the sense that it's possible for Christians to be in deep, dark valleys and not know how to get out sure. and have a concern to God. God, don't let me fall away from you because I'm just afraid that I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Um, and as time went on, you know, as the sin kind of piled up in my life and the battle just raged on and I'm tired of it. Mm-hmm. Um, this song can still speak to me. So that's kind of my spiel. Hmm. Um, so yeah, 
There we go. Do you have a question for me? I'm going to look at our notes here. Don't fall away from me, David. So just clarifying some of the timing here, uh, Mm -hmm. I guess when you first heard this song, Mm -hmm. you were Arminian, but not like, not like, uh, was it like a card self-informed Arminian or, or yeah. Uh, and then those were simpler days. And you, so then, then you went to school probably like a year or two later or went to at the SBC school. Yeah, but, uh, uh, well, uh, it came out in 2003. Was that what it was? It was 4, 2003. I went to school in 2004. Okay. So it was around the same time. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then sometime probably a year or so after that, you, you would have read RC Sproul. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would have theologically uh, it was sewn up in my mind quite well. So, uh, talk a little bit more about the, was there a time when you stopped listening to the song because you thought it was wrong? Was there, did you ever, oh, have no. you ever wrestled with, that's the, you know, I, it, it's embarrassing to say, but I've never been too much with the exception of like this song and a couple of others. I'm not a lyric guy. Mm-hmm. I have, and this is my problem. This is, I'm saying this is a problem. This to this day, it is. I've always been more of a melody guy. Mm-hmm. I, uh, songs that I like, generally speaking, I like not because the lyrics are especially powerful, even though they might be. It's generally because I just love the melodies mm-hmm. and the vocal melodies. And how the, how the lyrics are sung is more important to me than what the lyrics are. I know mm-hmm. this is horrible to say as a guy who listens to Christian music, uh, which is why I listen to Shane and Shane, because I think they're all right. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, and also I should say that when I listen to this song, I guess I pay the most attention during the chorus. Right. <laughs> than the verses. One, because it's difficult to understand what he's trying to say. Because if you hear the song, folks, you'll understand what I'm saying. His He's white guy rapping. It's, it's like it's like reggae ish almost, but not right. It's folk it's pop. It's white guy reggae. reggae. <laughs> David saying that, not me. Um, and, and then he and then he goes into normal speaking mode, not mm-hmm. speaking mode, but he sings more clearly during the, the the chorus. And with the the somber nature of the song, the minor chords, the the vocal melodies, just all kind of comes together, and you just kind of meditate on this very simple phrase. I don't want to fall away from I don't you. Want to fall away from you. So today. I still have that instinct, mm-hmm. but I'm, I've never had an, uh, uh, a compulsion to look up the lyrics until now. Hmm. Um, and I do that more now. Like when I listen to a Shane and Shane song, you're darn right. I'm, I'm paying attention to the lyrics mm-hmm. because when I like them, especially on their, um, their original stuff, you mentioned that you, you still, I think this is, this is what you like. This was your language. You mentioned that you still like the, some of the casting crown songs. Like, do you I still like, appreciate their existence. I don't <laughs> listen to them very much. Okay. All right. Um, do you listen to any Christian music? I like, uh, what do you mean by Christian? Cause I like 21 pilots. I know you're a Christian s- man. I know you so well. I knew you, you knew were going to, I was going to qualify. I'm like, here it comes. And then you did it. I'm just like, I'm so right about him. Um, let's try like a band like third day. Would you ever listen to like, like, cause you said there you, are you, songs I could see myself doing. You appreciated that Mac Powell's voice. Right. So I'm assuming that that might mean there's some songs that you might like listening to. Yeah. It's kind of like a room that I shut the door on that. I know there's stuff that in there that I want to keep. Okay. And I'm not like burning the room down. Maybe we but I'm also not going to go in there right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not going to burn it down. Check. <laughs> I'm not going in there. So let's, let's break it down even further to elemental things. Cause that's kind of, ha- that's the way people have to communicate. Okay. With my you dear in order, in order to get what they want. Right. Do you listen to music? <laughs> I, d- I do. Okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. Now let's go to the next step. What music do you like to listen to? <sighs> this is, this is, I don't, 
Well, no, I do, I do listen to like, the, okay. People. I listen to more music than I like to listen to. Okay. Right now I listen to a lot of K-pop. <laughs> Jim's, Jim's face think, is priceless I, I right now. Think, I used to think I understood you. <laughs> uh, I listen to uh, some electronic stuff. I listen, I do listen to when, when I want to enjoy something, uh, it's yeah. usually going to be classic when, rock. When you're listening on purpose. Let's try that. Like That's when, a good question. Like, do, you, do you ever listen to music to like work? Yeah. And I, and I don't really pay much attention to it. Right. It's just there. I in have the background. found that there are certain kinds of music, especially for certain kinds of things that I yeah. do that help me work. So like yeah. when I need to like bang through something that like just is going to require a lot of heads down uh, work for an extended period of time, I like yeah. to put something on with a lot of like uh, a lot of beat, a lot of rhythm. Okay. Uh, K-pop fits into that. And I don't know what they're saying. So the words aren't distracting. <laughs> Although it's really funny because sometimes they'll like throw in uh, a, a single English word in the middle of like, so they'll just be like, nah, 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 boomerang. And you're like, what? <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> um, <Gangnam> style. <laughs> title. There's, there's a few, uh, there's a few English words in there. Um, so yeah. There, and then there's like some, some hipstery stuff. Uh, I like you, Regina Spector. I think she like, has an amazing you voice. Like folk pop. Yeah, stuff like that, like I Mumford like, and Sons. Yeah. I, uh, oh, they're great. Yeah, yeah. Um, that kind of stuff. Although I, I can get worn out on that. Like, it has to be like the cream of the crop there because there's so much uh, folk pop yeah. hipster stuff, and I, I like some of it. I probably like some of the stuff that, uh, like, some of it I'll use for working with too. Okay, uh, but I wouldn't use Mumford and Sons for working. But there are bands that like tried to be Mumford and Sons after Mumford and Sons that I'll use <laughs> for working. Well, that's a folk pop thing. They all right. copy each other because yeah. it's because it sells right now. And honestly, I only like the first two albums from Mumford and Sons. Oh, well, they will wait for you. <laughs> nice. Hey, hey, hey. Nice. Okay, so we established that you do like to listen to some sensory. Yeah. Uh, and in, I'm trying in, to listen to more because I know that it actually does help me work. So the next I don't layer, always think to so do So the it. next layer is, do you listen to music that talks about God in any way? <laughs> uh, some of 21 Pilots does. I like the, oh, okay. uh, sometimes I will listen to. August oh, Burns Red. You love them. <laughs> sorry i have a friend who's big into those like that's his instagram username. i may have an album one or two of them um what's the um i can't think of his name right now everybody's gonna hate me when i when, when when you figure out who this is uh rapper christian not in the christian space uh oh what lecrae not in the christian space <laughs> lecrae yeah you know do what you, i mean by not in the like, christian space like he's you. not he's not he's not shylin Right, right. But like, do you like listening to the reform rap stuff? Like I do. Shylin? I do like that. I, I only have so much tolerance for it because rap just isn't, it's not my thing. Oh, but if you're going to listen to rap, listen to that guy. It's just so Shylin. It's just so sonorous and awesome. His voice. Sonorous. Wow. His voice quality is so. Who are we talking about right, right Shylin. now? Shylin. Shylin. Yeah. yeah, no, I love his stuff. I just, I, I just like, love how a, his voice sounds. It's, it's like, it's like cheesecake for me. Like I love cheesecake. Yeah, but, you, but I can only eat some of it, okay, you know, a certain amount of it. Fair. Every so often. My wife is a massive Shylin fan. She, I mean, she, she's like a Shylin. <laughs> I don't know why scholar. I find that funny. She li- what? <laughs> I just do. It's just, it, I would not expect that. I don't, I don't know her that well, but I wouldn't okay. expect that coming from her. She, she, she listens to entire albums. She loves that guy. Mm. So, yeah, and, and I love about Shylin that most of his stuff is, not, I mean, he has a doxology album, but most of yeah. his stuff is not worship. And I do, I don't know. I have, I have a place theologically for songs that are, that are not worship, that are helpful. Okay. Um, that are not Psalms. Okay. Uh, and a lot of, a lot of old hymns would go in there. Uh, Shylin stuff would go in there. Okay. I wish though, Jim, okay. just being honest with you, I wish that 
everybody making contemporary Christian music right now would stop <laughs> and would start writing stuff that Okay, I thought you just meant like brings, just stop. <laughs> well, a lot of them should. Okay, so I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to laugh. And would start writing stuff that brings a Christian perspective to the stuff that secular artists are writing about. Like, I want Christian love songs. So back to... Not by Stephen Curtis Chapman. <laughs> I didn't mention him because I never listened to the guy. With all due respect to Mr. Chapman. He has a whole love album and it's nauseating. Oh boy. So, so he even re- he covered uh, a thousand miles. He did. He did. Oh, that poor man. And I'm not sure if it's about his wife or, or about, oh, uh, man. but anyways, well, anyway, I wish, I wish that there were more, there was more non, non Christian Christian music. Like 21 pilots is a good example of, they just so bring like a Christian group. perspective when to I certain talked about issues. Jars of clay. I think you got into this, that they're, they're not a Christian band, right? They're Christians who just sing songs right. about what occurs to them in life. Yeah. What's the other one? Um, re- is that, is that because it's more realistic? Switchfoot. No, because yeah, uh, switchfoot. Yeah, yeah. Because you can be a Christian. Like there are so many spaces where everybody thinks you can be a Christian, but you don't have to yeah. put verses on stuff. This episode is going in places. I never thought it would. I know. Well, you, you're asking me, <laughs> you're asking fine. me, do I listen to Christian well, no, music? I'm, My I'm answer saying, is no. Here's why I'm saying this is great. This is great. I like you say this. so. I'm not, I'm not guys. I am not talking about new Calvinists <laughs> for once, but you can, if you want to, I'm not going to. And if, and if don't I tell me you're going to, this is I, a trap. You are if, laying a trap. You're, Bad cop, Jim. And if I do talk about New Calvinists, I will strive to do it in the way you only let me talk about it. Um. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I I think I, yeah, I like that because that that movement or that not not that movement. It's but that, such a small thing. But that thing you're talking about happened in like the art world, right? You know, and it's starting to creep into other things. And I think it's today is it's 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 accepted in a way that is, it's at its strongest attraction ever at this point right now where mm-hmm. it's it's more okay and for me it's not even for Christians about Christians to to be in all these cultural spaces in the world mm-hmm. be christians and not have to um help me finish my sentence here because put verses on their yeah. paintings or they put jesus yeah. in all their songs they don't have or, to be in the christian category they can do they can write or they can make a sculpture about something non-religious right and it still be not just culturally acceptable among Christians, but pleasing to God. Right. I think that's the key right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do it in every other field, yeah. but art. And when I was, when I converted back then, that was not uh, an acceptable really thing. And if, no, and if someone no. like jars of clay got heat, jars of clay and Switchfoot, yeah, they got heat for, for saying, well, you know, we, we like Christian music. We were Christians and we do sing. They sing about God a lot, actually. I right. Mean, every one of their albums has a distinctly Christian song. In yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call them crossover, but I understand why in that period they were considered it. Yeah. Um. And if you listen to a, a modern Jars of Clay album, and didn't know they were Christians, I mean, you might get a hint that they're religious. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of their songs, but uh, it. What I guess what I'm trying to say is I I, I agree that it's okay to do that. Mm-hmm. Um. And that you should be doing that. And you're doing that from uh, a very specific presupposition, aren't you? I am, but I don't How think you have pre- to share my presuppositions and, 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 and I'm not to, getting to that. come to that conclusion. I'm not getting at that. What I'm just sure. trying, what I'm trying to say is it's it's becoming more acceptable for Christians to be uh, acting and operating in many different spheres and spaces. I hope so. To affect culture, but you don't have to be... You know, you don't have to be Petra to do that. I don't know why I mentioned Petra, but, uh, but yeah. But I, I, I'm, you don't have to be Petra. You made a point, and I'm trying to expand on it and doing very poorly. <laughs> but 
Um, I think it's a great point. But wouldn't, wouldn't you like it if, I mean, there are some songs in classic rock that you just, as a Christian, can't listen to. Like, but wouldn't it be great if uh-huh. there were Christians doing stuff in the classic rock style, mm-hmm. writing about similar things? I wish there was more. Right. Wouldn't, wouldn't, I mean, I would love, I would love my library to consist of mostly that. Like that would make me so happy. Yeah. Your, your library of Christian or library of music. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I use iTunes. Uh, what do you call it? Apple music? But okay. you know what I mean? Like the, the things that I listen to. Well, if that was the case, I think Christians could listen to a whole lot of music right now. And I'm not trying to get in. I'm not going to get into a thing where, you know, there there's music you can't listen to. I think there is some music you probably shouldn't listen to, mm-hmm. but uh, like the, 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 the Christian who wants to listen to heavy metal, Mm-hmm. Um, can't really do that in some uh, Christian right. circles. Uh, but I think it's okay to do that. And you should be able to. And bands like August Burns Red, mm-hmm. uh, they're not singing worship songs. Right. <laughs> but they're, you know, they're Christians. Yep. And it's okay to make music like that. Yeah. I like August Burns Well, Red. and the other thing is like the, the, so industry yeah, is, the industry is bent so hard toward worship right now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, man. That like pretty much if you play guitar, like you're convinced the only way you're ever going to use that is either at your church or in a Christian worship band. Like if you're a Christian and you play guitar. Yeah. I mean, I, I, so many people could never come to a, I don't believe in instruments and like it is a reformed position to believe that instruments should not be in worship. That is, that is a, a reformed position. And so many people could, they emotionally would have such a hard time coming to that conclusion because that is them concluding. That's fair. I should just never play my instrument ever again. Yeah. The, the, yeah, if I were to identify with what you just said to the extent that I can, um, the experience of going to church and singing songs with a full band in front of you, that's a fairly recent thing. Oh, yeah. And I'll, I mean, and but your point is especially important because that would, I mean, can you imagine if if there was an edict, if there ever was one, to the extent that there can be one, that uh, I now declare in America that you cannot have a full band in your worship service during song time. <laughs> so and, America's a covenanted nation. And, and, and David's like, I'm cool, man. Hey, why do you have to be so mean to covenant? That would be really, really difficult for people to give up. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. even like, uh, you would probably have like underground churches. <laughs> that's like what fighting persecution. That's what's going to, that's we <laughs> want to do the thing Jesus didn't tell us to do. And we're going to go underground to do it and yeah. fight the power. Yeah. The, the things we should do an episode on the things that <laughs> the church would probably go underground. The American church would go underground for, uh, one of them being a full band with <laughs> a guy with skinny jeans and an acoustic guitar. Oh yeah. Skinny jeans on pastors. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, uh, you know, I do not hold your position. I, I like a full band, but, uh, if I were told, uh, you know, you can't have that anymore and you have to sing without it. That's all right. Mm. I can do that. Mm-hmm. I could show up at David's church and sing uh, Psalms uh, with no musical accompaniment. <laughs> Some great harmonies I've seen on YouTube uh, on that stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. just a side thing though. Okay. So uh, somehow we veered off and talked about me. Um, but it was fun. It was fun. I think it is. I think it is interesting that these, these songs shape us. You know, for me, it was yeah. a lot of casting crown stuff. And for you, there was this song, some jars of clay jars stuff. Jars of clay here and there. I feel like, like the your friend who was uh, talking to you about uh, our podcast, the the metal ball analogy, yep. making the dents. It's kind of music. If we if that. we dove really deep into this, we could probably find hundreds of songs that, yeah. that have influenced us. Because yeah. you and I were both pretty deep into the Christian mm-hmm. music scene. Yeah, if we just went down the rabbit hole, we'd probably start finding songs that we just forgot we loved. Yeah, like I uh, like before last week before we talked about casting crowns, I had listened to a casting crown song in years. Mm-hmm. You mentioned it. And I remember how 
excited I was at that their first album when all those the uh, We Are the Body and a couple other songs. Mm-hmm. Man, I was like enraptured when I was listening to those songs oh, yeah. at first. They were just I just thought that this was just this is this is the faith right here, man. This is experiencing Jesus. I was listening to these songs. I can't, That's how deep I was into it. I don't approach. Uh, Christian music like that anymore. Even Chain and Chain can't get me to feel much anymore because that's mm-hmm. just the way I am. Uh, but yeah, back then music was everything. Like I was either going to do Gravity today, mm-hmm. or uh, if I can only imagine by Mercy Me. Oh my gosh, that song! Now at the time, no, I, <laughs> no, I understand. I, I mean, at the this? time, I identified with it. Okay, okay. Yeah. I was just going to say, I know. I, I mean, you, not for long. I actually might... got tired of that song because we just did it too much. Well, yeah, pretty quickly. Oh yeah, it was. It, it was sung. I, I can. Oh man, a couple of more than a couple of worship services or uh, song portion of mm-hmm. the church service. We sang that song. I'm just like, is this, was this written for a worship? I don't know. I just don't know. But no, anyway. when you do that, you do the, I can only imagine so many times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. And uh, I don't think I haven't heard the song in years, but if I listen to it now, I might be a little tired of it. Do hmm. you remember when Chris Tomlin released Indescribable? Do you remember that? I do. I do. Yeah. That was like, I think probably his me- mega hit. Oh, Chris Tomlin. Out of all of them. Chris Tomlin is the epitome of everything I hate in a, <laughs> in a not, not, was, not the words, was, but in, in his voice. Like now Chris Tomlin is what he is now. I'll right. leave that judgment <laughs> to you and the audience. I don't know. I haven't been but following when him. Indescribable but. was released. Chris Tomlin was the king. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was it. Was before people were tired of him. Mm-hmm. This is before a good, good father. <laughs> he he indescribable really... was a by itself was a great song, but that song was another one that just propelled me to heights that I just couldn't experience with other songs. I loved that song. He had he has an ability to make it sound like he is straining for every note. What? <laughs> like like he he doesn't sing that high. If you actually, he if you actually have look, a high voice, he, he does. But if you try to sing a Chris Tomlin song in his yeah. octave, but you try to make your voice sound more like Jeremy camp, what you'll find yeah. is that it's not actually that high. You're just trying to mimic his timbre. Yeah. And when you do that, everything sounds high. <laughs> okay. Like, um, I always thought his voice was more breathy than anything. Well, like, that's, that's part of what I mean. He doesn't that's have part a powerful of what I mean. You no, know. and that's why I think that's why he got so popular because I think the epitome, like, like I made, I made this as a joke. This is interesting, but the epitome of Christian piety is this: like, I am desperate. Like, remember that one time we had an episode where you said, "If because uh, we talked about dressing up for church, mm-hmm. and you said if we were really trying to be theologically accurate, yeah. we would wear like sweatpants." Uh, no, you said uh, like Was, torn clothes and yeah. ashes or uh, a sackcloth and ashes, yeah. like. And and I was thinking about that and. I don't know that I agree. I think, I think that like when we come to church, we come as, as redeemed sinners. You're I mean, talking to a former Southern Baptist. So I'm really passionate about this stupid clothes issue. So <laughs> I, I get that, that might be bleeding into this. Uh, and I, I, I want to avoid the clothes issue, but there is a thing in our music that is like, we should sound like we're desperate. Like the, hmm. we, we come hmm. to church. We're desperate for God to be here. We're desperate for forgiveness. We come at, I mean, and some, some of this is true. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like we are absolutely desperate for God's prom- presence, although he promises it and yeah. is there every time, whether we know it or not. Okay. Uh, we are desperate for forgiveness, although we already have it. Like we do, we, there is, there are some truths to recognize there, but the part of, I think what gives the emotional high and, and is therefore so integral to like evangelical piety, evangelical, not new Calvinist. Uh, You're doing is, great. You're thank doing you. Great. Thank you. I feel really good right now. Yeah. Um, 
is this idea of like coming to worship crazy needy, like as a default, as like to the point where it's problematic because people have to generate that feeling, even though they don't feel it to feel part of that part of that too. Okay. Um, but it, I mean, it, it's wrapped up in the style it's wrapped like everything about not everything, but so much about music is built to make you feel a sense of helplessness. And it, huh. it, it's, it's very effeminate. I don't, I don't know about that though. And I, okay. I, we're I, talking I, about different things because no, when, when I, well, hold on. We I, might I, be, I'm we following might be. you. I think because when, when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about Hillsong. I'm talking about Bethel. I'm not necessarily talking about sovereign grace music. Okay. I'm not as familiar with Hillsong. Like specifically, Bethel. I'm not talking about new Calvinists in this particular case, although well, they might fall into honestly, it. I was, you were, we started talking about this from a Chris Tomlin Right. Back and forth. And I've just been thinking about Chris Tomlin songs and I don't know if I get that feeling from his songs. Like the song Indescribable, there's nothing like I'm needy about Indescribable. That's just pure hmm. um, exaltation of the it's attributes not in the, it's of God. It's not in the words, but in the style, it's this, like, I mean, even the, the, the song itself, which again, the Psalms try to do this. So I'm not saying that there's something inherently wrong with this. I'm saying it's like, it's the one note that evangelical music plays instead of hmm. the full breadth of uh, of the things that God wants us to worship okay. him for. But the, like even in indescribable, the, the, there is a sense of like, I cannot describe God. <laughs> like I can't. And obviously we can't, that's true. Okay. But that I, song became popular and go figure. Like we have this sense of like, it's like we're nobody would ever get down on their knees in, in worship. Although, you know, depending on how, uh, how crazy the, you should have, the Pentecostal, you should visit some of the churches I went to. Um, <laughs> we wouldn't necessarily do that, but everything about our body language, everything about the way that we're singing, everything about the lyrics that we're singing, there's a, there's a, uh, well, and it's an attempt to, I mean, again, there is a truth to this. Don't you, get me wrong. Are you doing this because my, my ideas were boring? I'm no, just, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. It's just what I, we're talking about I'm by just, accident. I'm just kidding. David. Do you want us to stop? Cause we could cut this. No, in. this is interesting. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if these connections are fair. I mean, I'm, this is what I felt. I'm okay. I'm thinking of a whole bunch of songs that do this on purpose. I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's even like a Michael W. Smith song from mm-hmm. that album. I mentioned it's called a breathe. I think that's what the name yep, of the song yep, is. Yep. Yep. Oh, that was that so popular song is I've even heard that in um, a, f- a couple of churches I've went to have played that song. It's, it's that big. It was that mm-hmm. big. It's not big anymore. I don't think, but looking back, that song was so manipulative mm-hmm. and has that idea. So I'm not, I'm not saying that you're wrong, David. I'm just thinking like this as an evangelical um, common thing in, mm-hmm. all, in the songs. I don't know about that. You can, you can, we can say a lot about the songs evangelical churches sing about, but and a lot of them are not great. Some of them are pretty terrible, but there's still a bit of a variety of, uh, of, of there is. lyrics, you know? I mean, there is. I think... When so, I, I think what I'm trying to describe you are saying is this like, is how you, this was your sense at the time. Yeah, this or, was, this was my sense at the time. And, and I think it's still my sense. It's, it's this idea that uh, what I was going to say is the worship experience tries with everything from the music to the yeah. lyrics, to the, to the style to make God really majestic yeah. and make us feel really desperate. And again, there's truth to that, but it's not the only thing that happens in yeah. worship. Uh, yeah. th- like if you, if you sing the Psalms, there are a lot more, there's a, there's a much broader palette. And I guess like, I I can't say that it's only that ever all the time, but I think there is a huge weightedness toward that. Okay. A lot. And if a song's going to do well, chances are it does that very strongly. Fair enough. Maybe, uh, 
maybe the the common evangelical song seeks to appeal to emotions and specifically the emotions of, of desperation and more often than, okay. Okay. It's like a combat. I think, I think the, when people say, when people say, I really enjoyed this Sunday because I felt like I was worshiping. They felt in that case, in, in, in like, like the best experience for worship is desperation and all. Like if you're feeling those you two feelings, awe, how connected is awe to desperation here? Is it, uh, it could be, they could have happened at the same time. They could have happened at different times throughout. Desperation is more of a, a somber feeling versus awe as more of a positive expression of worship towards God. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Then, well, I'll, and, then and I, it could be awe for God's grace. It could be awe for how, you know, how great he is in creation, creation or redemption. Okay. But those are the two, like those are the two emotional notes that and evangelical music tries to play. Elements of desperation are, are wrong or no. elements of awe are wrong, but nope. you're saying that those are the two most common, maybe that they're like the, they're like the two chords in the, the, the in the, the two in, in the worship leaders guitar, uh, with his, skinny je- with his skinny jeans. Right. And his weird, uh, and I think the Psalms bring a lot more to the table. That's you're right about that. And I agree with you on that because mm. I was just thinking, I was even about to say, you'd be proud of me. Um, if we were looking at the Psalms as the anatomy of the soul, as mm-hmm. uh, Sir Calvin said it, um, there are, plenty more um, affections in there than mm-hmm. um, on desperation. More different kinds or more diverse. Yeah. yeah affections. Yeah. And if uh, at least someone's not going to be EP, at least model your songs after the Psalms maybe. Um, and look <laughs> at the variety of emotions that the Psalmist feels or displays or what he affirms and stuff like that. Yeah. Where, where I was going with that, that concept of the desperation thing yeah. and the, the awe, I think what I was trying to say having established that. And even if it's not all of evangelicalism, it was my experience. Okay. I think that played a big part in my depression. Oh, like, like it's not that I was struggled so much with depression as I almost struggled with bipolar because you, whoa, interesting. Like, like I would have these highs, especially when you do the bridge and then you do the bridge an octave higher. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Okay. I would have these emotional highs (laughs) and then the rest of the week in comparison, in comparison to singing, uh, Oh, uh, what's that? It's a communion song. It's a song that you would sing about the cross that has the, the really high bridge. The power of the cross? No. Um, that was, that it's a redone hymn. Uh, okay. I'm not, I'm not sure. Anyway, compa- compared to the high uh-huh. of singing an octave higher on, you know, the, the, the bridge to X or Y worship song, Tuesday going into work... Like there's, there's a huge disparity there. And when yeah. you think that your entire Christian life should be the high bridge, yeah. like that, that, that just, you start it, to question your salvation. Yeah, you do. Depending um, on how deep you get. Yeah. That, that was something I think you and I touched on last week that one of the problems with the unfireness mm-hmm. is the ups and downs you go through do just, they do damage to you. <laughs> but the, it's tough to sustain. It is. And when you don't, you just, you're convinced that you're doing something wrong. And the music does a, such a good job of getting you to the high yes, in one moment on, on a mountaintop or, the song or in the church. And you go into real life. Yeah. And you can't sustain what you felt from the song. Do you think that's helpful? Like, do you think, what, what do you mean? Do like you think the, it's that, good that to insight? Uh, no, no, not the insight, but like, I guess the question is, would you still take the high even if you know that it can cause or be an instrument to good question that kind of uh, uh, almost like addict? Uh, what's well, what I'm looking for? I never wanted to turn down a high, a spiritual high. Uh, right. But all I want, I don't know if I can answer your question, but all I want 
is for this just the songs to be realistic and accurate to the, what the Christian life is, hmm. is found in the places in the Bible that might inform our singing, what we sing about. That was a non-answer, but I loved it. <laughs> like you didn't, you didn't answer my question, but I well, like your answer I better than if you had, I don't think if you I, had answered the question. I don't think I need to avoid that question because, I'm, because I'm tempted to say, you know, I'm still okay with having a rapturous moment during song. Hmm. Well, and I am too, but like the songs that are literally like, there's, there's a guy who's writing chords trying to find the high. Yeah, I, I would. That's problematic for me. I don't. Hmm. I don't. I used to be fine with that. Mm-hmm. Thought that was the norm. Well, all right. We should probably end we the have episode. To end. We have to, <laughs> but that's all right. This was uh, this was fun today. I like how I like how this uh, this topic is making me feel, David. No, <laughs> Listeners, if you're getting an emotional high, <laughs> join what? our Slack and tell us about it. Yeah, um, or just give us a call, or do nothing. I don't know. Just yeah. You know. Or have a ball and whatever put, you do, don't fall off into depression. Have a ball and put dents in it, and just you know do your thing. <laughs> don't be depressed. That's our. Ending. That should be our first swag. Is, a, right. is a heavily dented metal ball. <laughs> Would that be great? Okay, I'm done. Bye bye. Bye. Two check one two check. Oops, try that again. It's oh. all it's all messed up. It's all messed up. Check check one two. Yeah, yeah that's because Joe used it. I'm sorry, Joe. Joe, you you Joe. Ha 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 ha. Joe, Can you laugh. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, you podcast like a younger man, <laughs> holding nothing back. Admirable. But mistaken. <laughs> <laughs>